This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast. a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game i'm your host ajit in today's podcast again we will sort of finish off these last couple of episodes arc where we are discussing the recently concluded t20 world cup won by england to help me unpack the final and the fallout uh, if it can be such a thing for the other teams in the tournament i have a really special guest shrini from the yellow and blues cricket podcast hello shrini Welcome to Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, Jit. Good to speak to you and good to be on your podcast. As I said, I think uh, we have a nice rapport, me and you, when we talk about cricket. And I would like to continue doing this as often as possible, as time permits for the two of us. So, as I said, uh, we can get straight away into the Cricket World Cup Finals. So, any surprise at all that England won ahead of Pakistan? No, no surprise. I mean, I will... <laughs> I will put it out there in terms of you know I didn't watch the finals completely you know in bits and parts more because of the fact of, I, was, I was still depressed by the fact that you know India got thumped by England in the semi-finals yeah that that did hurt I think ah for a fact now I mean I won't blame you and I think many India fans would have felt exactly the same a bit let down a bit betrayed even that you know the team always makes the knockouts right you'll be there or there about you'll come to the final you'll come to this semi final i mean if you look at the last 7 to 8 world uh, tournaments india have always been there or there about but then they let let themselves down on one day something goes wrong bowlers don't turn up the total is not enough the batsmen don't turn up one thing or the other lets them down and well they get knocked out right so let's first of all just take a quick look at the final and i mean look the way the way england had beaten india black and blue you would imagine they were the favorites going into final but as always right as the saying the one of the truisms in cricket a cornered pakistan is a dangerous pakistan a pakistan on the let's say uh, rejuvenation drive is a very very dangerous one and you would think this would be a very interesting contest so right at the top england got what they wanted they wanted pakistan batting first they achieved that so they were so confident in the in chasing any total pakistan would be able to put up even against that very competitive fast bowling lineup that pakistan brings so i think right at the top mohammad rizwan tried he couldn't get going and then babar azam well he did his customary role scoring at about 110 115 but i think the failure of mohammad haris may have hurt them quite a lot yeah that is the the thing to look at this is like you know unlike the semi finals this game for England was actually won by the bowlers rather than the batsmen you know you mentioned like you know the beginning about um, india being there and thereabouts in in icc trophies england have obviously been also been in, in kind of knockout phases in the last 6 7 years sort of thing and the whole cricket's probably been built more on their attacking batsmen um, and and I, i looked at this particular final as more like you know england's batsmen versus Pakistan's bowlers because I, I would have said those were the two real strengths in each team yes England had good bowlers but I think Pakistan had a better bowling attack so from a batting perspective 
England had better batsmen. So, so I, I know what you mean by saying, you know, um, England got Pakistan to bat first. And again, same thing, Mohamed Rizwan and Babar um, Azam, you would say, like, you know, other than the semi-finals against New Zealand, they really hadn't done... That, that, that's been their Achilles heel throughout this tournament and going back as well, you know. The middle order really didn't get to do much because they wasted out or the middle order had a lot of thing and Shan Masood mm. did come and sort of thing. But then, similar to the truism that you said about a cornered Pakistan, it's also true, but there is always a collapse in Pakistan, you know, just on the corner. <laughs> and that that came, you know, going from at one point, where were they? Something like 85 or 4 to like, you know, suddenly in the next 50 runs, that completely yes. like, you know, collapsed. You bring up a good point. They were 84 for 2 when Babar Azam was dismissed. And at 11 overs, 84 for 2, with, you know, an inform Iftikar, Shadab and Nawaz to come, you would think maybe they could even top 160 or 170. See, the same total that England chased down with ease, right, in the semi-final is a different beast in the final, right? 170 is a very reasonable total. That could very well have happened. But that didn't. Again, here, lot of credit to Rashid. Basically, you know, he dismissed Babar Azam at that point in time. Again, 4 for 22. Adil Rashid was, you know, he was expected to bowl his overs up front in the first half already. And what England really, uh, really planned and executed well was how they used Adil Rashid's overs throughout the tournament, actually. He, he appeared to be not much in form, but... He looks like a different bowler in the back end of the tournament because, one, he discovered his form and his confidence. But I think he was captained really well, right? He had the right backing on the field. His captain knew what Rashid wants, where he's going to bowl, and what sort of fields were required for what sort of batsman. See, a leg spinner is a tough bowler. Uh, the, art is, uh, the art is tough. And if you're not careful, you leak a lot of runs if you're not captained well. And... Putting the ball there or thereabouts is anyway going to be a challenge. But even if you were to master it, you need an understanding captain for that. So there, I think a lot of credit to both Butler and maybe Matthew Mott, the coach of the field, right? They, they got that they got that right. They knew Rashid is going to be their trump card come the back end of the tournament when the pitches are a bit more dry, a bit more tired. Because this pitch was also like, it was also, I think, second or third time it was being used, I read. Right. At least it was used once for India-Pakistan game already in the league stages and maybe again later. So the pitch was tired. And there you go. See, when you look at it, even in tactics, I think Pakistan were sort of outthought even before they entered the field. If you look at it, I was surprised to see Chris Wokes keep his place, frankly, in the final. Maybe because he could bat, they kept him. Chris Jordan was introduced only in the second half of the tournament. He did really well. Rashid kept growing. And of course, like the revelation... That is Sam Curran. I mean, he was rightly the man of the match. Uh, first spell, 5 for 1. 2 overs. Second spell, 7 for 2. two Like, 2 overs. That's crazy good bowling. And basically, the second, the last quarter of their innings was where Pakistan lost the game. Right? What you rightly said. That collapse. So, to take out, once Shan Masood and Shadab again put on a partnership of 40 or so, like 121 for four. Again, they were looking really dangerous at that stage. But then from there, they lost in the next eight runs. Or next, let's say in the next 11 runs, they lost all those, you know, four wickets. And that was the real problem. So, uh, for you, then once the England team came out to chase, what would have been your thoughts if you were the Pakistan management and Pakistan bowling lineup? 
Uh, yeah, I think getting getting Alex Hales and Josh Butler out, and and it started well in that way, you know, that delivery from Shane Shafrizi to get Alex Hales. It sort of put the cat among the pigeons, you know, is in 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 that way, and it thought right here we go, and like you know the bowling attack, and and especially like you know Shane Shafrizi started. Well, as he came into the tournament, you know, just on the back of an injury, and he he wasn't in the greatest of the form in the first. It it looked like you know over the tournament he had kind of got into form and he was there. Uh, I know again he got injured, you know, during mm. the tournament. Barbarism, etc. Said that that was one of the things that did cost him. You know, he didn't. I mean, ultimately he didn't end up bowling his his entire quota of over. So who knows? Given the fact that the innings actually went up to the nineteenth over, mm. it. 138 was never going to be a challenging total, but you never know if if one team who could kind of potentially defend that, you know, with a full inform Afridi and you know not injured etc. They may well have been pulled it up, but that was probably the one for me in terms of looking like you know how would Afridi do? And to be fair to him, like you know he did produce that straight away in the very first over, picking off mm. Alex Hales. That injury to Afridi was the turning point. I mean. They required forty-one of twenty-nine, right? I mean, he tried to take a catch and got injured. Yeah. So it was not even during his bowling that was unfortunate. And it looks like he's going to face another long layoff on the sidelines. Poor guy, another three, four months. He's young. He's 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 going to be stronger for this. But I mean, that's very unfortunate if you look at it as a bowler. But in the context of that game, the next eight or ten balls really decided the game for England, right? So twenty-nine, forty-one of twenty-nine, and then. The five balls that Iftikhar Ahmed bowled, they took 13 runs. Especially Stokes, who were completely, you know, he looked at all at sea. He was scoring at yeah. a strike rate of 70 by that stage, right? He suddenly seizes the moment. He hits a six and a four of Iftikhar Ahmed, and in the very next over, Mohin Ali hits the first two balls for fours of I think Mohammad Wasim. That's it. The game was over at that stage because see, this is what I felt, right? By giving themselves a total under 140, England gave themselves a chance of coming back into the contest, even if they were to fall behind. Yeah. In a chase of 170, you may never never have that opportunity if you fall significantly behind. In this case, even though they were sort of slightly behind, they were able to make that comeback thanks to the total being so low. And of course, you see Ben Stokes, come at the hour, come at the man. We've heard it all, but I think he was very close to imploding. I thought. I mean, he looked really frustrated. He was unable to get the ball away, and maybe he got a. Bit of a you know luck that uh, suddenly Afridi had to go off and Iftikhar had to finish the over. Yeah, I mean if you, if you looked at it like you know all of the other Pakistani bowlers, um, they were like you know sort of under eight. You know, in fact, Nasim Shah was probably the only one who went like you know an economy rate of seven and a half. The rest of them, but Mohammad Basib and Iftikhar, hmm. that was the two weak link. Um, you know where England really took it on and. Even even if those two of them, if you look at it again, as you say, if they had a one seventy total, hmm. England would have had to go, you know, against the Simsha, against Harris Rauf, Shadab Khan. They would have had to go against all of them, you know, Shahin Shafridi as well. I mean, Shahin Shafridi, he like the two overs that he bowled, he went just for thirteen. And right. I think in the final, like sort of two overs thirteen is like, you know, if he had bowled the same two overs for thirty, that that just shows you the comparison. You, you just picked up around. He bowled hmm. two overs for thirteen. Was a Siftika Ramad ball less than an over for 13, you know, which was basically Shainshah <laughs> Fridi's one. So that's where you know the game turned. Look, also the other thing, I mean, I thought they were always going to respect Harris Rauf. They gave him two wickets, so 
look they had an untried middle order in a, in 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 many ways right phil salt was new he didn't get a bat in the semi final harry brook has not really shown in this tournament and then moin ali was your hope and ben stokes so the again it was so crucial ben stokes stayed till the end i think he knew it very well if ben stokes had been dismissed even by the 15th over i had a feeling england were going to lose you know it would have then fallen on sam curran wokes and you know livingston livingston is always there but again he had not done a whole lot heading into this final right so there was a bit of a you know, chance element there which pakistan would have hoped to have exploited had shahin shah bowled his full quota and you know mohammad wasim you would expect he would be targeted in this lineup because rauf is bowling really well nasim shah i think was really unlucky haris rauf finished his spell really well but nasim shah i think 4 hours 30 I think he had 15 or 16 dot balls in that 30 runs. It's it's very unfortunate that he couldn't probably win the game. But you know, Nasim Shah for me. Look, when Hasnain and Nasim Shah burst out onto the scene, I was always more excited about Nasim Shah than Hasnain. Hasnain looks like, for the lack of a better comparison, like um, Umran Malik. He has the pace, but he still doesn't have the control. But on the other hand, if you look at Nasim Shah, he's a very intelligent bowler. And at 2021, look. between him shahin shah afridi you can imagine these two bowling and opening a test match attack right this will be quite something and mohammad wasim a bit unlucky to go for tap shadab khan again you see they played him out literally shahris rof shadab khan the plan was to play them out i think phil salt and like hari burke were given instructions just play these guys out comfortably when the time comes even if the required run rate is 8 or 9 and over in the last four overs we'll make it up we'll hit the fast bowlers right it more or less was according to plan if you're an england player and i mean we all talk about that one over right where nasim shah beat uh, butler four times then he had to defend the last ball and then there were one four runs for wides and then one six which he scooped you know i remember reading somewhere online would indian fans have forgiven their air quotes star batsman if he had gone for such a stroke and made a mistake sometimes i think a lot of uh, a lot of pressure is put on our players by our own fans because our fans our players are expected to be infallible like butler was going nowhere in a hurry before that shot he was scoring a run a ball that stroke made him you know get to a decent strike rate right without that if you can imagine if he had gotten out on that ball he would have gotten out with a strike rate of 104 or something do you think indian fans would have been as forgiving because i think that that fearlessness is what really gives you this england team and this it shows you what they are made of and really that fearlessness is what won them the trophy if you ask me yeah and and to answer your question the answer would be no i mean i obviously <laughs> followed uh, being in england like you know the last 6 7 years you know when on morgan took in 24 15 and they limped out of that world cup you know and mm. and post then he came in and said we're going to change you know this fearlessness is going to be uh, you know i mentioned earlier about England being batting strength you know that's the thing he bought in and there have been some spectacular collapses um during if if you looked at England's white ball over the last 7 years there have been some matches where there have been spectacular collapses because England have gone chasing like that and mm. his response you know on Morgan's was always like no it doesn't matter i i don't think as as you say like you know indian fans would expect um our players to be infallible it's it's a case of like you know wanting to have our cake and eat too you know like you know it's never going to happen if a batsman goes like you know um 10 games mm. chances are like eight times if you succeed or see, even six times you succeed and four times you fail you should be able to take that but i think we almost expect like you know you to succeed 
10 out of 10 times, maybe 9, but 10 out of 10 times. Even with Surya Kumar Yadav, you know, it was picked like, you know, oh yeah, he did all of those things, but he failed in that semi-final. And mm. you think, well, it is not possible for any batsman, even the great Tendulkar to have like, you know, sort of succeeded throughout his entire career. You know, 200 test matches, he didn't succeed 200 test matches. Um, and, mm. and that's that's mm. something I, think, I don't think our fan, and, and that's where, you know, going back you know, sort of, I know we're kind of slightly digressing towards India, mm. but the point about like, you know, yes, we need to have a mentality change for the Indian play openers and in terms of, you know, going hell for leather right from the beginning. Because you, you think about T20 nowadays and think, you know, I I look at it from almost like the DLS concept of where it talks about resources and etc. And you think, well, you've got 10, 10 wickets for 20 overs, you take a ODI match, you've still got 10 wickets for 50 overs versus, you know, you take a test match, the resource availability in terms of the 10 wickets is the same. But mm-hmm. then as your risk sort of changes, you know, with 20 overs, you think, you know, we can afford to lose uh, a wicket every two overs. And, you know, it's the same thing, you know, but if you do score like 20 runs every two overs and afford to lose, then we will end up scoring 200 all out. You will take 200 all out any day mm-hmm. versus saying like, oh, you know, we need to hold on the wickets. We don't lose them and get to like, you know, 130, 140 for six or 140 for seven, it's irrelevant kind of thing. That's, that is the way England bat, you know, they say like, you know, happily take 200 all out over um, 140 for five. And that's, that's the difference, isn't it? Absolutely. And that fearlessness, no, they have now set the template of how T20 cricket will be played. You know, let's go to our other discussion point. India, where are the India team going from here? So, if you look at the squad from India that played the semi-final, right? KL Rahul, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, uh, Yadav. So, I see at least four or five of these people not play many more T20s for India from here on in. So, for me, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, even Shami, up to a point, Bhuvi, Bhuneshwar Kumar, may not play too many games anymore. Pant, will play. DK is out of the picture now, I think. DK had his uh, time in the sun once more, but he couldn't make much of it, which is unfortunate. And Ashwin, I think, will st- still stay in the picture. For me, Aksar Patel will stay, even though uh, Jadeja will come back, he'll be something. Arshdeep is the future, you would think. Mohamed Shami might be saved for some key games in ODIs and tests, right? He's also on the other side of 30. And Bhuneshwar Kumar, I think, may have played his last World Cup, according to me. And I think India got their balance wrong when they did not give Yuzi Chahal even one game in the World Cup. At least in the semi-final, I expected him to have come in uh, Aksar Patel's place, actually. But, okay, I would like to hear your thoughts of where this India T20 team is going. Where this India T20 team is going? I mean, I looked at, you know, uh, the Indian bandwagon moves on, you know, so very quickly at the end of the World Cup. They are already on to New Zealand. On Friday, they play the first T20 in New Zealand. And obviously, the team's been announced there. A lot mm. of players, if you like, you know, um, the, the ones that you mentioned, you know, um, right. Arashwin, Dinesh Karthik, KL Rahul, even Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, five to pick, you know, are not on that um, tour to New Zealand mm. uh, with Hardik Pandya under uh, captaincy. And and that's that's almost where I would like to see, like, you know, the India team moving, you know, Hardik Pandya, um, as opposed to, like, you know, Rohit Sharma winning the titles within MI. I think um, Gujarat Titans win in the IPL under Hardik Pandya's captaincy mm. is is so much more in terms of he pulled the team together like they were in the superstars that MI had 
with GT, I think I would almost move the captaincy like you know, Hardik Pandya started it mm-hmm. and carrying on. Given the fact, like, you know, we, we're, not, we're not obviously, this, this is almost the beginning of the cycle for the next uh, 2024 World Cup and you, you start to build the team from here. Mm-hmm. Whether Rohit Sharma retires from T20 or not, I think it's time to move on, you know. If, uh, just go, in in terms of this World Cup, you know, you you picked up Busy Chahal, and I I would have thought like you know India weren't bold enough to, for example, say yes they they replaced Dinesh Karthik with Rishabh Pant, but mm. I would have probably gone and said let's let's play Rishabh Pant as an opener as a left hand right hand combination in place of um, Rahul. Rahul wasn't you know pulling trees throughout the tournament. You know again, <laughs> the, you know there's this thing that goes around that you know him being a start padder etc. and all of those things. Mm. And and you look at it like you no, know, his last 50s in T20 World Cup has come against the likes of um, Netherlands, possibly Namibia, UAE, or somebody else. Like you no, know, but he's really not got any big scores against what you would class as the stronger, bigger teams sort of thing. Mm. I would have I would have definitely played um, Pant as an opener because again, Pant is one of those people where I think right now, as it stands, you know, he's a play, he's a better Test player, an okay one day player. And an average T20 player, I, I would say, like you know, mm. you would think as modern looking at the shots he plays in Test cricket, you would think he must be a great T20 player. I don't think even he knows what his role is in T20, and that's that's probably not even defined for most of the players in in the Indian team. Mm. Rishabh needs to have a defined role, you know, keeping apart from a batting perspective. Um, interest, it's it, interesting to see um, when I looked at the squad. There's actually only one. Opener in that New Zealand squad that you know India picked, which is Shubman Gill. Right. Uh, I'm surprised Rutraj Gikodo isn't there. Uh, I think Ishan Kishan will be the. Yeah, partner, I think Ishan right? Kishan will be the opening. But hmm. but I just looked at it and thought, how have we gone there with just genuinely one opening? You know, Ishan Kishan again. <laughs> you would say is a is a makeshift opener rather than it's fine. You know, if if that's the role that they're going to give him and you know consistently say right, you're going to be the opener for the next two years until we get into the 2024. If that's what we are, I. I'm not even sure India or BCCI have thought about this and said, like, no, right, we start. I, I see that a lot in kind of in England and or Australia and things like that, where, or definitely for sure in England, where mm. they look at this as cycles to say, like, no, okay, this World Cup's finished 2024, let's start the cycle again. I, I don't know whether you want to talk about, you know, sort of in terms of the ODI. We know the next thing is the, the World Cup coming in. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at this squad thinking, why is even Shikhar the one? He's probably going to be closer to 38 when mm. when that World Cup happens in India. No, I think Shikhar Dhawan is sort of a um, he's a captain that uh, is chosen to lead this team rather than you know Shikhar Dhawan the player opener that is required yeah. for this team. And right? and and but but I just think that's a waste of a spot. You know, just just give Rishabh Pant the captaincy in there. You know, he's the vice captain. If that's what you've done, you mm. know, he's a vice captain for if if Rohit Sharma isn't going there. And this this where it kind of shows to me like you know the lack of planning in the sense of thinking. Well, this is an it's it's the Ireland tour that India came to before the sort of ODI series in in England, mm. the Zimbabwe series that India went to, and this one it almost seems to be like the might have been the West Indies as well, the Shikhar Dhawan beneficiary tournaments kind of thing. He just seems <laughs> to be captaining this with the second string team and going there, and you're thinking. Well, he also wins. It, it, it does wins, but the, but the thing is, when it comes to the World Cup, unless mm. you're going to say like, no, he's going to open for us in the World Cup at home in 2023, mm. you might as well give other people chance to kind of get used to like, you know, get 
10-15 games under their belt right. rather than like you know just pulling people in in, in the last last minute there now i agree i at least agree with part of what you say that you know dhawan is sort of the mature head in that group right if you look at the rest of this group there are a couple of people who are sort of also in their 30s right so you have surya you have uh, deepak chahar and you have dhawan only three people in the 30s and in terms of match experience not a lot so you have shahbaz ahmed who's been chosen to go to new zealand you have so shardul thakur right uh, all of these people the for me he is sort of seen as the option that can keep a calm head rishabh pant i don't think he's ready to captain an india team yet that's what they're building up to maybe in a year or two he might be ready i think post world cup he might have more captaincy roles for india him and hardik are the two people i see taking india forward as captaincy material maybe kl rahul in the test matches but for me as things stand i think shikhar dhawan has been interested with the role of sort of leading the team imparting his captaincy experience to the people in the squad so there he benefits or there he sort of holds on to that role i think he also knows he may not play the world cup he knows he's keeping the seat warm more or less right when the main people are taking rest once rohit sharma and virat kohli and all of these guys come back he may have to make way for it i think he recognizes it within his own mind but you never know right if you have a chance is when you can make something count you cannot make something uh, count when you are on the bench so that, at least that's how he thinks of it but for me india have never performed well when they have gone to new zealand so i'm more curious how this set of people who have gone to new zealand will perform and the last tour was an unmitigated disaster when they went to new zealand right so i'm more looking forward to that also umran malik is in both the squads yeah and i have a feeling he'll get at least one game in each format if not more right i don't think he'll start but i'm curious if he will right so what are your thoughts on the rest of the squad washington sundar is there also kuldeep yadav has been brought back into the odi squad what are your thoughts on this yeah i mean just going back on 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 the sort of captaincy point you know before uh, if mm. i looked at the odi squad you know there's rishabh pant shreyas and sanju samson Mm. three ipl captains you know it, surely like you know there is there is experience and and i look at it and think of this thing okay there is none of the odi series you know historically odi series are some of them were inconsequential you just think why oh, yeah, are they just playing for the sake of it now obviously there is the world super league so you you get the points rankings they all make a difference so you think yeah it, it is important you know in mm. just on the back of uh, t20 world cup it, it seems irrelevant why are we even playing but i get that you know in terms of so i would have looked at it and said like never if india loses this odi series is it the end of the world i think I, i just picking on your point about uh, it's always like you know we never do well there it's an unmitigated disaster the last one if if we lost this people wouldn't be like you know thinking oh hang on why did we lose there so but that would have been a good place for like you know whether you pick rishabh pant or shreyas iyer for example mm-hmm. you know as the captain to like you know for them to learn the ropes and say this is the team you know you may not need it lead the team before the world cup but post the world cup you know suddenly just throwing somebody in after the world cup not having given them enough captaincy experience rohit sharma never led any of you know india's um mm. odi teams and stuff t20 teams really even when no when kohli was not around etc and he's been thrown in um on the same thing you know it's kind of there you have a good point i think in terms of in Go terms on. of the overall team yeah the one i'm looking for is like you know, deepak chahar you know i i wish like you know he that obviously he got injured before the ipl last year and you know lost most of the thing and when mm. he came back into the zimbabwe um series and played well i almost was thinking like you no know, 
maybe maybe he might just get on the plane to Australia, especially when uh, Bumrah got injured. Obviously, right. they, they went for Shami over Bumrah. So, Deepak Chahar is the one that I'm looking at in terms of uh, Umran Malik. Yeah, he's, he's really raw. Uh, I think there are still, these tours will help him mm. to shape, you know, uh, to improve. You know, it's just, I think Siraj is a good example to look at whereby, you know, he started similarly raw and then, you know, he's kind of that series in England he played last year. Mm-hmm. He grew into confidence and all of those things. So, they, they are probably the next patch if you if you look at Shabazz Ahmad, I'm not so sure, you know, a left armer in, you know, we've seen the likes of Vettorian, Satner, etc. Um, Ajaz Patel probably as well, really not playing at all in New Zealand's own left arm spinners, you know, in their ODI in T20. It's, it's not really a ground for someone, even if you can really, it's probably more a ground uh, place for wrist sprinters than I would say left arm orthodox Oh, they do have a wrist spinner too. They have, um, you know, they have Kuldeep Yadav. But yeah, yeah, me, that's what I'm saying. It's probably uh, more for them rather than kind of, you know, Shabazz Ahmad, I, you know, his performance is probably not going, well, I wouldn't look at it and say if he performed poorly to say, yeah, New Zealand, give him a hospital pass. You know, it's <laughs> it's not really the one there. Washington Sundar is, yeah, he, he definitely both from, you know, sort of bat and ball, look forward, mm. looking forward to him. Shardul Thakur, so no, you know he's. I'm not sure. I know he made a lot of noise before when the team was picked mm. uh, for the T20 World Cup that he he wasn't picked. But uh, again, I can't see him being with Bumrah back with Jadeja back. You know, as one of the sort of and especially with Jadeja back and Hardik Pandya, that's an interesting one. Again, he's not in the ODI squad. Uh, he's only playing the T20, you know, Hardik Pandya is not there. And I would have thought Chadeja and Hardik Pandya in India, two all-rounders playing in, would have given us a better balance, or mm. will give us a better balance, you know, going into the Rodia World Cup. I don't know what Hardik Pandya's plans are, you know, or what the BCCI's plans are for him in terms of the white ball from an ODA, or is it just going to be a T20? Uh, because he's obviously not there in the test squad um, mm. at the minute. Uh, he, I know he's just coming back, but I would definitely like to see him and Jadeja play some ODIs before we get into that kind of you know World Cup. They will. Thing. The way I look at it, they are going to play a lot more ODIs and home series as well as away. Look, the next World Cup is going to be held in India, so they are going to get a lot of option opportunity to play uh, ODIs in the home conditions or the conditions that are really required for the World Cup. So I think we have plenty of series upcoming in February, March and so on after before the World Cup, before the IPL as well as after. So I think that's not really a worry for me. So uh, before we go any further, do you think Rohit Sharma may have also played his last World Cup in the T20 format? Yeah. For, well, yeah. I, I uh, obviously we are not selectors, but if you if I was a selector, yes, mm. he's definitely played the last uh, World Cup. I yeah, definitely not seeing him going to um, the US in 2024. I, I'm, I'm trying mm. to remember. I think there might have been kind of a post on Twitter or something from ESPN Click Info. I'm trying to remember the three players. So they had like, you know, out of the squad that played, there are mm. only three players who said these are guaranteed for 2024. Who are the other eight? And I'm thinking it's surely, I think it was Surya Kumar Yadav, Hardik Pandya and may have been Rishabh Pant. They mm. in fact didn't mm. even have Bumrah on there. They, those were the only three there. Uh, and, you know, sort of saying, who else? You know, even Virat Kohli, for me, may have played his last World Cup 
I have a feeling he'll hang up his boots after the 2024, 2023 World Cup as well. Yeah, he might mm-hmm. just focus on the test. Um, exactly, and kind of do the white ball. Rohit Sharma, hopefully, probably he is also hoping to like to get through that World Cup. Yeah, a win mm-hmm. under the belt for both of them. You know, would be a good one. But from a T20 perspective, I think so. Right. Rahul is probably the more interesting one. Hmm. Tell me, has he played? I mean, you know, I am. I was having this conversation with a friend and saying like, you know. Yeah, uh, it, it's done for me, but I don't think you know it's it's unfair to say he's done because he's he's got age slightly bit on his side, and he still can come back. You know, it's it's entirely up to him in terms of Virat Kohli is a classic example of where over the last two years we we were saying, you know, mm. most people said it's time to drop Virat Kohli, me included. I said like I wouldn't have taken him to the this is pre the Asia Cup. I'm sure we talked about this on your podcast in you know, the last or or an when we when we had the conversation last time around. But I personally wouldn't have right. taken him. But obviously, he came back in roaring form. So you you guess you say like, you know, if you can give Kohli that long rope, surely Rahul should also get the long rope, and hopefully, he will come back in form. Um, well, according to many people, he's already at the end of such a long yeah. rope. But that's okay. I think those of us who make these sort of comments are also not looking at. his performances he did hit a 50 he did it, he did have one one more good uh, score in the series but yeah i mean look it will sort itself out for rahul i yeah. think he's he's becoming more and more assertive he just has to believe in himself he has all the strokes i mean all of this have been said before for him he'll never be a alex sales yeah we know this right he's going to be more like a butler who's going to take his time at the start but he's going to make up at the end but then you need one only one of those at the top so if rohit sharma is not there if kohli is not there it makes no sense in also letting kl rahul go right it so it depends like you no know, whether if for example shubman gill can transform hmm. into that player whether again ishan kishan you know we talked about it like no opening you know if he can transfer it's i mean t20 is one of those things where you know you're almost on a carousel where new players keep coming in especially every ipl you play like you know you tend to find there's this new i mean take rutraj gekwad as an example like you know, he seemed to have come and gone hmm. so quickly i'm i'm as i said to you i'm i'm surprised that rutraj gekwad didn't make either of the squads i don't know if he's injured but he's i was very surprised to see that he didn't make either of the squad to new zealand you're right i mean i think there is a lot of discussion about this also out there in the social media world simply because of such a good form he was in the domestic trophies yeah domestic tournaments leading up to the uh, the selection chances right so uh, maybe there is something else we don't see which is happening behind the scenes i'm sure within a year or so he will be a definite part of not only india's plans i might dare say he might even be a fixture in the odi squad for india right so let's see how that goes so now if you were to take a quick look at some of the news from off the field right so we got to see that um, now new zealand have sort of started making some tough decisions with their squad selections in the same series against india you see both guptill and bolt have been left out guptill i think did not get a single game in the world cup so finn allen with finn allen's resurgence i think they want to give him more chances devon conway has proven to be a really good solid sort of t20 opener but for me no guptill in the odi squad was a bit of a surprise right again finn allen is one of the openers you know but to see you know no guptil that, that that gives me a bit of a surprise because ken williamson will not be expected to open right if if anything so if you look at their last odi squad tournament that new zealand played against australia which they lost right it was finalen and devon conway who opened in the odis as well 
So maybe they want to go this way in both the shorter formats. Guptill is more or less will have to fight his way back because Daryl Mitchell has proved himself really well. And in ODS, they have Tom Latham who plays in the middle order. Because there's more time, you have Glenn Phillips anyway there and Jimmy Nisham who will play the sort of hitting role. So I think Guptill will have to now really come back. Have to has to, will have to fight back. Yeah, I think that Guptill was a surprise. But uh, I suppose they're looking at, as you say, like, you know, give Finalan and uh, Devon Conway a run of games, if you like, you know, planning towards the, the World Cup, you know, in terms of mm. getting them both uh, playing together um, as an option. So that that may be the reason why sort of they're looking at yeah, Ken Williamson is definitely not going to open. He's going to stick to his you know number three mm. um, position. One other one you know in terms of uh, looking at Glenn Phillips probably move move him up the order maybe mm. is one option. But I think yeah definitely it is going to be Finalan and Devon Conway. Give them a run of games you know at home to see how they go. All right. Again going back to my point about like they start seem to be like thinking. Starting from this series on, was planning towards the World Cup, whereas India have just gone. Yeah, there's mm. a team that goes out there <laughs> and plays this ODI series. Well, there is some planning, I'm sure, which will make itself known. Because I would like to think Dravid and the people in charge have a slightly bigger plan. And as I was saying, maybe, you know, some people know they're keeping the bench warm or they're keeping the seats that they're occupying currently warm. And the next one was the discussion point about Bolt. I think. Not a lot of surprises, really, if you think, right? You know, he has def- refused a, a contract, central contract with New Zealand. And I think pretty much he has made his intentions clear. He wants to play the next World Cup, he says. But he wants to sort of complete his playing days in uh, the franchise cricket-like tournaments. So maybe he's going to be part of Mumbai Indians tournaments across or Mumbai or star Mumbai team that plays across different leagues. Maybe he wants to finish his career there. But uh, do you think this New Zealand team will really miss him? That's the more important question for me. Yeah, I think, well, definitely. I mean, the, you know, there's this, um, people talk about kind of uh, the broad Anderson combination, Basim Bakar combination. I think mm. Saudi and Bolt, you know, in terms of as a combination, they have been very, very underrated. They've performed so much well together and, you know, it, they've, well, in New Zealand, I'm not, you know, haven't, haven't won trophies in, in terms of that, but they've been an absolutely integral part of it. And, you know, Yes, we know, like, you know, sort of, both of them are sort of over, they're not necessarily over the hill, but, you know, kind of at the top of the curve, kind of coming down. And I I, mm. I would have thought, like, you know, up until the World Cup, Bolt would have been part of the plans and, you know, definitely playing, um, playing this, they, they, they will definitely, maybe, maybe the thinking, like, you know, again, try to see, like, they know what Bolt offers. It's, 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 you don't have to, like, you know, see, okay, can, what can Bolt do against the thing, you know, you just bring in, um, was it, I think it was the last year when England, um, New Zealand toured England, Bolt literally mm. came off from the, the finishing of the IPL um, and mm. he landed in New Zealand and the first test was like, I think less than three or four days later when he landed the IPL finish and then the first test started. He came in and he, started, he played straight away into that. So, you know, and, and he performed well and that that's, they, they, they know what Bolt offers to them. You know, I, I I look at it and think, is it? It's not a case of similar to Guptil, where you know he's been dropped and they said, okay, he's gone past it. I just look at it and think, like, no, yeah, maybe he just needs some rest, and you know, kind of come back because New Zealand know what Bolt can offer them, 
they might want to see like you know what somebody else brings brings to the party if if bolt gets injured for example just before the world cup you know they need to have a backup somebody who who they know like you know whether, whether it's your um adam mill again team so the is there you know whether it's adam mill lucky ferguson whoever you know in terms of what else can they do matt henry exactly that's that's probably where i look at it and think like you know bolt and kaptil are in two different places i think from a from my perspective as far as new zealand are concerned fair enough i think you're right they're building matt henry and they've brought adam mill back into the picture as well so yeah they're going to try out our different people uh, at home so they they have a little bit more um, let's say leeway there and they're going to use that as well and you have blair tickner uh, in the t20 squad who sort of uh, been filling in for saudi or um, bolt whenever they have been missing so he's he's continuing in the t20 squad there is certain amount of continuity there as well the way when you look at it so to finish off this topic really for you in the t20 and odi series how do you see the results going um how do i see the results going i india will i mean the sort of tests is a different you know in terms of i i always look in new zealand and think post it stamp size grounds you know it's it's hmm. so with the white ball tournament it's just a just a lottery you know surya kumar yadav gets stuck in india could easily win the t20 series um no problem you know equally you could argue like nafilan and glen phillips get stuck in <laughs> it will go the t20 is like you know for me um up hmm. in the air sort of thing but the odi i'm probably more sort of you know towards towards new zealand you know ken williamson will will shepherd them and kind of that stuff not uh, i think a 2-1 probably for the odi t20 i think still at, um probably think it's a 2 2-1 but it could be on either side you know because it's the grounds are so small mm. in new zealand um the likes of surya kumar yadav and rishabh pant shan kishan get in the shreyasai everyone you know it's it's just very quickly games could be over mm-hmm. i'm thinking actually the other way <laughs> my instinct tells me there will be some experiments taken uh, into the t20a games but the odi squad under dhawan's captaincy looks a little bit more settled so i am predicting india will take the odi series <laughs> and new zealand will take the t20a series yeah it will be interesting to see how that pans out right well the other discussion that i wanted to uh, have is about well the retirement of a certain kairan pollard <laughs> big match player uh, he's won a lot of games for mumbai in fact his most famous innings have come for mumbai <laughs> rather than for west indies he's uh, called uh, time on his uh, t20i franchise career taken you a bit uh, of surprise ke taken you a bit of surprise or no i think when when you look at his last year's ipl i am not mm. surprised you know it mm. it didn't quite go at, yeah if if purely look at it from last year's kind of thing no he was already on on it it didn't really do at all um a lot in last year i don't think he even played many games you know he didn't so it's 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 not a surprise uh, at all for me you know um time mm. was coming on it and it, it's a bit like reminds me of bit like malinga similarly from from mi's perspective you know he played and mm. then he got there and then he ended up being a bowling consultant um polot's gone on to become a batting consultant for them mm. um mm. i yeah people will talk about it i had somebody like you know messaging me this morning saying like you know uh, not really got any technique or anything you know it's just brute force i i would 
I would rather I would probably have had that kind of brute force, you know, a lot of more days than the sort of techniques he delivered for Mumbai Indians, and it's definitely been one of their greats. And you know, even in within the IPL history, I think he will definitely mm. go down as one of the greats. Absolutely. Now you have that right. I think I would like to also agree that. there is power there is also certain amount of you know uh, there is a lot of finesse i mean you don't ever uh, forget that this was the guy who could also you know sometimes play those uh, innings where he had to hold hold the middle order together and then towards the end hit out there is a lot of maturity there i don't uh, think he's um, i mean he's not, he's not a one trick pony when it comes to t20s no doubt and those people that are making these decisions also know enough about Uh, what he can bring to the table and like there is a little bit of continuity he stayed 13 years with the franchise you don't want to let go of that sort of experience only for somebody else in the same tournament to simply snap him up and tell him to be the consultant and sort of the power hitting that he brings see there is a certain amount of power that the individual possesses but also there are techniques which people are taught for power hitting and i'm i'm in no doubt that this guy knows many of those secrets as well yeah. i think he's grown up uh sort of he's the finished product when it comes to that sort of hitting school and he can get more people like him ready so i think surikumar yadav sort of credits him with giving him those tips and getting him ready taking to the place where he can really be that wonderful hitter hitter and finisher that we see in surya today all right those are all the cricketing topics i had to discuss for today's episode Well, it's one 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 point, you know, because you you brought in like in a couple of things. You talked about like you know the bold um, uh, being sort of you know MI part of MI and you know white ball career. That I don't know if you've seen the news in terms of you know in in England, Will Smith, uh, he ah. kind of gone with the sort of you know pure white ball contract. But he's also again you know similarly uh, on the MI tables for that Emirates T20 tournament, similar as ah. you know. Um, Pollard as well as playing in the Emirates T20 tournament as the MI, and then you you, you mentioned Bolt, you know, part of the uh, MI stable. It just mm. seems to be like you know people aren't noticing or slightly this thing, you know, probably another a topic for another day where you know the the, the new age of um, franchise owned cricketer rather than you know country or to, uh, club owned cricketers, you know, seems to be like you know slowly creeping in where. Again, you know, this SAT20 is starting in January, and you know all of the IPL teams have got stakes there. MI have got. team there and you you suddenly are seeing mm. this this you know there's three cricketers who belong to sort of or or from in the MIT 20 at at the emirates or you know in in the IPL in south africa potentially at mm. some point if things change and you know in england it becomes like you know uh, ipl style franchises you'll suddenly start to see like you know this emerging but maybe it's just the fact that you mentioned mi and, and uh, see all the three connections to mi a discussion for another day now but you have that right that you know um it might come to be that these franchises might actually have more of a controlling interest in a player's playing career much like football like you know yeah. playing for a manchester united is sometimes bigger than playing for your own country and so on so uh, just to give you an example or barcelona or whichever big club you might take no, no yeah i agree when strange enough i saw uh, a meme you know this this afternoon which kind of uh, if i can find it you know it was saying the world cup winners got like you know 13.84 crore the world cup runner ups got 7.4 crore rahul's ipl mm. contract is worth 17 crores so 
ഓക്കെ ആസ് എ ബിറ്റ് ഓഫ് സാർ ഗ്രേപ്സ് ഇൻ ദർ ബട്ട് നെവർ യു മൈൻഡ് നോ ബൈ ജസ്റ്റ് കറ സം സഡൻലി മേക്സ് യു തിങ്ക് ലൈക് നോ പീപ്പിൾ സേ വൈ വൈ മേക് ദ എഫർട്ട് ടു ഗോ ആൻഡ് വിൻ ദ വേൾഡ് കപ്പ് ഐ ജസ്റ്റ് പ്ലേ ദി ഐപിഎൽ ഐ ഗെറ്റ് 17 ക്രോസ് യു നോ Mm. you know that is this this those arguments going around anyway that's that's for another day as i said no of course see you also go play the world cup for uh, your country right and not just yeah. for yourself yeah. there there is more there but okay i i understand i understand this top point as well all right so thanks for this lovely discussion and thanks for giving you giving us your time would you like to maybe shout out about your latest episode of the yellow and uh, blues podcast for all our listeners yeah so we we just released our sort of in a world cup review yesterday the yellow and blue podcast now obviously we looking we we are um, as a, as i've said before you know a podcast that's kind of india focused but also like chennai super kings po- uh, focused hopefully soon we will we'll look at the johannesburg super kings which are kind of an extended family you know in this sat 20 next uh, next year aha definitely do give us a listen you know at yellow and blues we are on twitter as well so just do follow us on that so i would like to once again highlight that you know the time that we get from our uh, co-hosts is mainly because of the shared interest that we have so it's not just us but we would also request our uh, listeners to go support all the other podcast hosts and other podcasters that come and help us out by giving us their valuable time and opinions right all right thank you very much and i wish all our listeners a great day wherever they may be listening from and it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from my co-host shrini goodbye bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast